Would you turn in your Bibles with me this morning to Hebrews chapter 12. Right at the very first of that chapter, I wanted to use some verses to embrace the Word of God and help us get a grip on living for Him who died for us. Just want to remind you, as you already know, chapter 11 is that Hebrews uh, Hall of Fame of Faith. Um, and uh, I want to try to connect just a part of the thought of that to the three verses I want to use. Verse 1 through 3 for my text, or our text as we look together. Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. My subject this morning is suffering glory. We've been embracing the theme of looking for God's glory. I believe that is what we as believers are called to do. That's why God saved us. There's a catechism that says we're here for one purpose, to glorify God. God tells us in his word that everything we do, we're to do it for the glory of God. So as we think about how we do that, what is our attitude about life? How are we going to get through the hard places? Because suffering is a reality. And we have to accept that. And once we do, then we can ask God to help us connect the various horizons of his amazing redemption through the blood of Jesus that he has promised to bring, to bring us before him blameless and holy in love. That's what we're destined to be through Christ. But in that meantime, in getting there, as God blessed us to practically come to it, as he sanctifies us, as he goes on to help us understand how we're justified freely by his grace, we have to then exercise our faith, and we have to do that in suffering. And nobody likes it. But it's a, it's a process whereby we must thank God for even, and depend on God more so to bring us where we need to be. And that is to mature us to Christ's likeness. That is how he's set our salvation about, that we're conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So then it would be good for us to look at what kind of life Jesus Christ lived. Not that we can suffer like Jesus did, at least for well, the purpose he did, that is for our sin debt, but we can see that our Savior, our Shepherd, our leader, did in fact come from glory for the purpose 
of teaching us beyond him saving us. We are not saved, hear me, by incarnation. We're not. Now that's a necessary part of our salvational process because God in man, that is the incarnation, Jesus Christ. But, but you and I, Jesus had to intervene and break that hard encasement of spiritual deadness and bring us to the point of life, giving us life, so that that seed of his spirit within us would break forth to his glory and his grace. So may the Lord help us to see that. You know, when you think of suffering, though, I don't think there's anything, I don't think anybody would argue with me that, that more challenges our faith than suffering does. Do you? I just don't think there's anything that challenges our faith any more than suffering does. And yet, from Hebrews 11, the very first of that verse, talks about what faith is, the subject of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and without faith, the scripture says, we can't please God. <laughs> now the deal is, God gives us faith, it's a gift of the Spirit, but, but then God is pleased when we exercise the faith. Now how are we going to do that if everything is hunky-dory in our lives and we never have any problems to deal with? So, so it's amazing how God, in his wisdom, has given us problems and struggles to bring out the best in us and to show us really the purpose of us being saved and that we are depend on Jesus. And the way to get through suffering, just in a nutshell, I believe, is to look for God's glory. If you're not looking for God's glory, you're going to miss it. Now, we look at God's glory from uh, Moses' account in, in, um, in the book of Exodus when he said, God, show me your glory. And God showed him his goodness. Um, when you think about glory and think about God's goodness, we can't see God physically because God is a spirit, but we can see his glory and we need to look for it. Even string for God's glory. To see God's glory in all of our lives. There's nothing too big for God to manifest his glory and his goodness. So, so what you're looking for depends a whole lot about what you're going to find, okay? So let's look for God's glory. I think that is important for us as believers, especially in the world we're living today. And it's harder to look when we're suffering, but that is the time we need to look more because it's just like it's harder to pray when we're hurting sometimes. We don't feel like praying, but that is the most, utmost, ultimate need that we need to pray is when we don't feel like praying. So what I want to say to you today is, look for God's glory. It's not about what you feel like. It's about looking for what God wants us to look for, and I promise you, he wants us to look for his glory. And that's exactly what we need to look for, his glory. And that's what Jesus did. So I want to use this text to understand what suffering glory is, at least one aspect. I've got to tell you, I struggle with the text because suffering is all over the Bible. I actually gave Mark a different text the other night. <laughs> I switched. But, but I'm going to tell you, this Bible is just full of pages of, of suffering. God's people. 
And God never, never really explains it that I can see, but, but I'm going to tell you what he does. He, he tells us how to overcome it. Somebody was telling me a while ago that, that who had lost their dear husband, and they said, you know, I, I just, some days I just, I, just, I just can't deal with it. I, I miss him so much. That's what love does. But, but she said, what I do, I just get the Bible. And I'll start looking at the Bible, and I'll start reading God's Word. And I get through it. Well, when that's what you're doing, and you don't really say it like that, but you're looking for God's glory. Because God says in the Psalms, he magnifies his word beyond his, all his name. So, so when we're suffering, that's when God's word needs to be magnified. So, here we have a situation where we have an opportunity to see from the one who died for us, from the one who is perfect and never sinned, who loves you everlastingly, to teach us the glory of suffering. Now, we have had, by God's inspiration of Holy Spirit, the the, the, the whole chapter almost, I said, of, of Hebrews 11. You, you read it sometime, and these people um, from Noah to Abraham and Moses and right on, and, and, and right on to people that's not even named that were sawn asunder, having not received the promises, but saw them afar off. See, they were looking for something. The Bible in, in chapter 11, this Hebrews uh, Hall of Fame is, is talking about looking for something to start with by faith, and it ends up with people that were still looking for something. And I'm going to tell you, you look for God's glory and you're going to find it. Don't miss it. So here's Jesus, the ultimate example. So let's look at these verses. I want to give you three thoughts from these three verses. There are probably so many, but I want to give you three. It says, wherefore, seeing we are also, that's us, compassed, that is surrounded about with a so great a cloud of witnesses. These witnesses, okay? Did you know your life is a witness? How you respond to what you're dealing with and your suffering is the most valuable, strengthful witness you can ever have. How you do it? People are watching your life. We as Christians need to understand that God has given us this opportunity to glorify Him. And He enables us. And I believe God expects us to be faithful. We sung to him a while ago, great is thy faithfulness. And yet we need to be, God, oh, God, make me faithful. And when God makes us faithful, God makes us holy. Are we willing? Maybe the real test of our faith ought to be. Maybe the real challenge. Oh God, am I willing to suffer? If that's what it takes to make me holy. To one extent, oh God, am I willing to give my life to thee? See, this is the proof here. This is where God comes to us in the midnight hours. And he says, I'm Jesus. 
and I'm your Savior. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. You know, one thing, Penny, if I've noticed in the last few months watching sunsets, sometimes in the afternoon we'd ride around after supper and look at the sunset. The greatest beauty of the glory of sunset is going to be with clouds. See, it's a lot more glorious with clouds than it is just a clear blue day. Your, your life, your witness, your reflection of Christ in your life is going to be much, much greater when you got trouble and you got suffering to deal with. And it might be philosophy, I don't know, but it rings some spiritual truth. Every cloud does have a silver line when you look for God's glory. It does. So he says, let us lay aside every weight. Now here's something we got to do. We got to lay aside some weight. What is this weight and the sin which does so easily beset us? I believe that sin is unbelief. I believe that that's what suffering challenges our faith, that we just flat out sometimes don't believe God enough. I believe that's why the disciples said, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm going to tell you how God will help you unbelief. If you're really sincere in following Jesus, then God will send some suffering. God says in his word, that patience is brought about by suffering. What does he say in Romans? Tribulation worketh patience. And it patience experience. And experience hope that we not, might not be ashamed. That's what God has given us. And he says so, so that we're going to lay it aside. You see, you can't lay something aside and keep it too. <laughs> I mean, it's time that we say, I'm going to trust Jesus in this. And when God says in Romans 8, 32, says, How shall he, who is freely given us all things, that is God, has given us his Son, how shall he not, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Oh, man, goodness, there's comfort in that. But how are we going to get to it? How are we going to really know? This is how you really know who Jesus is. See, I'm not talking about being churchy. I'm not talking about being religious. I'm talking about really understanding what Jesus has come to do. I want you to see the scars, because that's where you're going to know the heart of Jesus. And so Jesus suffered. And he suffered triumphantly. And he did so because he was looking for God's glory. And let us run, he says, when we lay it aside. Let us run with patience. The race that is set before us. You know, you got to pace yourself in life. You can't get out and say, now I got to do all this now. 
or you can't get knocked down and, and, and frustrated with things because it's not working. You say, well, I'm going to just quit. No, you gotta, you got to pace yourself. And the only way to do that and look at that is to look for God's glory. See, God's got a time into everything. But, but he never, never gets in a hurry. But he never's late either. So, so here we are running a patience. Now, now race, that we're in a race. Now, my first point is simply this. Every believer, every genuine Christian, if you will, must enter this race. It's not an option. It's not something you sign up to do. It is something that God puts you in. You're in the race. And, and it's a race, it's not the rat race. You know what the rat race is in the world, in the world system, you got a rat race. You know, it's dog eat dog. You know, I'm going to climb to the top, I'm going to make more money, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get all the business. No, no. This is, the, this is the glory race. Maybe we can call it that, okay? And, and the thing about it is, just like so many things in spiritual things, God's ways are not ours. It's not that you're trying to get first place to get ahead of somebody. Actually, God is more concerned about what's in your heart than what place you finish. Because he says even last place. Is okay with God because he says the last shall be first. So we don't need to be asking God or mindful of, of discouragement when, when somebody else seems to be way ahead of us in their spiritual walk because you don't know. What you need to do is do like Jesus told Peter. When Peter said, what about this man? Jesus says, what is that to you? You follow me. You know, sometimes we gotta, we got we to gotta keep up with the Joneses. we got to keep up with everybody. we got to, no offense now, Sister Karen, I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry. But, but anyway, but, but I would like to follow you in a lot of ways. I know what kind of woman you are. I appreciate that. I just say that out loud, but I appreciate it. But anyway, I want you to know that, that it's about a heart for God. Now, if you really love Jesus, you will be persecuted. He says that in the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to be persecuted. We're going to have suffering. So every believer must enter this race. Okay? So then, then by that we understand that suffering is, is a part of life. Okay? Why? Because we live in a sin-cursed world. That's true. Um. But more than that, it shows us the reality of what Jesus has done for us. Now, just because you suffer and I suffer doesn't mean that, that we're, that's what puts us in heaven, okay? I mean, people can suffer for their own sins. I mean, if I put my hand in a fire, I'm going to get burned. I'm going to get burned. But the thing about the suffering, and more, more than this, when you're talking about the example Jesus gave us, because we know he was sinless, and in most of the time in the Bible, suffering is be, not because of sin. 
Jesus says that in, in um, Luke chapter 13 is one place. And he says, that, that you think, he's talking to these Galileans, do you think that, that the, the tower in Siloam fell on these, on these people and you think you're better than they are? I'm paraphrasing that. That's what he was saying. He said, no. He said in John 9, do you think this little boy was born blind because he's a sinner or because his mom and daddy sinned? Jesus said, no. But what he was implying, that happened so that God would be glorified. And what Jesus wants us to do and what Jesus wanted them to do is look for God's glory. Are you looking? Are you trusting in Jesus with all your might, with all your heart? Are you acknowledging him especially in things you can't figure out? If this book is about how to overcome our suffering, and I believe it is, it is going to be overcome with only one way through the Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But it's a race we've got to run. There may be oceans, I don't know, that don't have waves at times, but there'll never be a man that doesn't have sorrow. It won't. The psalm says that, that man of a few days and full of trouble. Man is born of a woman. It's a few days and full of trouble. Suffering. But you know, it's a gift. I want you to see it a gift. You know, one of the gifts of, I think you can look for God's glory in this pandemic. Because I believe that, that I believe that marriages, I believe families, and, and there's an aspect of those looking for God's glory are closer than they've ever been before. I believe people are hungering and thirsting for God's word like never before. Why is this? Well, that's that's because of persecution. That's because of we've been taken away from some of the comforts of our lives. And yet, we're, we're really not. We're not persecuted like so many in the world are, that's for sure. But what we can say is, because of this, I know in my life I feel, I feel like I'm closer to God for some reason, not because I'm a, not a less sinner, but I just, I just feel like I depend on him more. I'm not able to go out and do things as much and, and think about things. And I know it's hard on my wife, but, but I've been able to eat good home cooking. And I feel so much better. And, you know, I don't like to wear the mask, but I'm going to tell you, it makes me think about what I say. It does. And it makes me, it kind of keeps me from going some places that I really probably didn't need to go anyway. I mean, I'm going to say it has a purpose. And the purpose is understanding that God is speaking to us as his people. And he says, you look for my glory. And you're going to find it most vividly in your trouble. Okay, secondly, this is, I guess, too simple almost to say. Look at verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So, so my point is simply, my second point is suffering is what Jesus did. Jesus suffered. I mean, I mean, let that sink in. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, and this is how we did, for the joy that was sent before him endured the cross. Now, if you endure something, 
It implies there's effort, there's suffering. There's something in that that is not so um, just easy. Endurance. And what he endured was the cross. The cross of Calvary. So if we're going to look for God's glory, then we're going to have to climb Calvary. And we're going to have to cling to the cross. Now we can't suffer like Jesus, at least for the same purpose. But we can sure say to God to increase our faith or give us the strength we need. And we won't complain, oh God, because Jesus has suffered so much for me. He despising the shame, and now he sat down at the right hand of God. You know, Jesus suffered. Now, we can suffer for our sins. I mean, I mean when you think about suffering, it, it's because of sin. All of it. And, and the deal is, that's why God, and we look for his glory, when he brings good out of it, brings good out of evil. So suffering comes from evil. Okay? It was an intrusion on God's good world. Okay? But Jesus suffered. And it's been amazing to me that we see that. Look at verse 12. I'm still in Hebrews, but I'm looking at chapter 2 instead of chapter 12. I want to show you a verse or two there. In verse 9 it says, but we see Jesus. Do you see him like this? Who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. And verse 10, For it became him, that is Jesus, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. You know what that means? I, I think it means, here's Jesus that suffered. Now, he never sinned. He's perfect. So why did he suffer? Well, because, first of all, in the incarnation, God gives us a human to, to show us that he has felt our pain. He came down from glory so that we might go up to glory and in the meantime, see God's glory. But he came up and he suffered. And the reason he suffered was to mature, perfect. That's what that word means I just read. That means mature. That means to be perfect, to be more mature in experience. See, he's God, but he comes down in a little baby in the manger. And then he grows up just like boys and girls and, and men. And he, he, he grows and he works and he faces a lot of trials and trouble. And people hated him and cursed him and slapped him and ultimately crucified him. But, but he never once, he never once, Took, took the judgment into his own hands. He was submissive to God. Why? Because he was looking for God's glory. That's why. So, so our suffering 
And, and it's not to pay for our sin debt. Jesus has done that. What I understand our suffering is, is to grow us and mature us and make us more mature believers, okay? Um, a few weeks ago, my little granddaughter, Emery Grace, was at our house, and she's about two or so. And so I was sitting there in the den, I look over, and she puts penny shoes on. And she's trying to walk with penny shoes. And I'm thinking, here's this little girl trying to walk with shoes. Now, the fact that she was in those shoes didn't make her the size of penny. What's going to happen? There's some preparation. There's some growth. So that's why God has allowed suffering, even since suffering in our life, so that he grows us to fit and prepare us for the glory that awaits us. Oh, my goodness. What a blessing that is. See, we don't ever, should never want anything before we're prepared to have it. You know, the reason we're not as happy as we ought to be is because we haven't probably suffered enough. I never will forget studying years ago, years ago, 100 years or something. I forget what it was. Uh, people were much more happier. Why? They didn't have anything. They had God. They didn't have to look at the news. They knew what the news was. They didn't have to have a GPS to get somewhere. They already knew where they were going. And they were going to stay close to God. And so, so Jesus, so it is, is, he suffered. And we should thank God that we have such a suffering Savior. That we can bless him in this. Just look at uh, John chapter 12. The Gospel of John. Here, here's another place. I, I, I almost wanted to use it as a text. Uh, John chapter 12, verse 23. Let's start there just for a minute. It says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Now, you know what's, what this is, is his cross. You know when the hour is that you're going to be able to see God's glory? Ah, when you're hurting and suffering. You look for it. He will part the sky. And he will show you the sun when he build on a cloudy day. God will do it. Right in the midst of the storm. But Jesus says, it's time. The Son of Man should be glorified. Then look at what he says in verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except that corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Now, if you want to see God's glory, I want to tell you a simple way to do it. Just look at a seed. Nature, even nature, it's stamped all over nature. Testifying of God's glory. Not, not only the moon and the heavens and, the, and all of that, the sun and all that, that Psalm 19 testifies of, and that is true, but, but even a seed. I, I mean, Brother Jackie, y'all, you, you and y'all, 
face this every day. I mean, y'all, that, that is understanding that, that, that you believe that Jesus suffered, and in that suffering, and only that suffering, is the fruit to be born. Because if Jesus didn't suffer, you and I could not be saved. We, he could, we could make it. It doesn't matter how much white privilege we have or how powerful black power is. The only way to get to God is Jesus Christ. And if, when, if he suffered and he died and he never committed a sin, where do you think that leaves sinners like me and you? What God is doing is purifying us. There's never been a human diamond that hasn't been in the crucibles of affliction. There's not. And so you thank God. I mean, I, I'm not saying we want to be hurting and all, but I'm saying you thank God that he's allowed you to go through some suffering. The worst problem you can have is to have no problems at all. Because when that happens, you will forget God. See, see, the rich man died. That doesn't necessarily mean this happens to all rich men, but there is a count Jesus gave, a rich man and Lazarus, you remember? And that rich man died, and he went to hell. He was never looking for God's glory. He was looking at his possessions. Lazarus, who was suffering, and the dogs were licking on his wounds. His heart was in heaven because he was looking for God's glory. He looked up and he was in Abraham's bosom. My goodness. Jesus suffered. You look at a seed. You see the resurrection. Jesus said in verse 25, still in John 12, He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it until his life eternal. And if any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. And you will not, and I will not, serve Jesus without embracing suffering. It won't happen. Now is my hour troubled, or my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this time... Or cause came I unto this hour, Father, glorify thy name. See, in his humanity, he's, he's struggling with all this suffering because he's going to have the wrath of God on him, and he knows it. And our sin, he's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Okay, I've got to go on now, but what did we say? Pure and simple. These are little simple things, but so profound because suffering is a reality. And so we see that, that suffering is a race that every Christian has to be in. We also see that Jesus suffered. And the third thing I want to say is this from verse 3, For consider him that endured such, endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Don't quit. Don't give up when you're suffering. So my third point would be suffering is strengthened when we look for God's glory. Our journey through suffering is strengthened when we're looking for God's glory. See, what he's saying is if we look in our Savior, we say, for the, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. 
So, so what happens is we look beyond our deal, our problems. We, we can play the hand we dealt in life, and we don't have, sometimes have the opportunity to shuffle the deck. But we know that God will love us and that God has given his son for us. And then we know through the suffering we have this Savior. You probably, many of you have read and maybe heard her talks, Joni Erickson. Young woman that was injured, I believe she was still a teenager, paralyzed from her neck down. That woman has got a powerful testimony. And one of the things that springboarded, I understand from reading about her, was, was a friend came over and she was really discouraged because, you know, you get discouraged sometimes. And I believe that's why God has, has, has built the church or builds his church because that's where we need to get together to encourage one another. It is an edifice. But a friend came over and she was so paralyzed she couldn't hardly move anything. And her friend reminded her, says, you know, Joni said Jesus was paralyzed. Why, he was on the cross for you and me, and he couldn't move. And we could have called all the angels, but he didn't because he was so faithful to God. He was willing to suffer. He was looking for God's glory. See, the glory in this is the resurrection. And I want you to know that beyond your suffering and pain, and behind every door there's some of it, you want to look for the glory of God. Because God is building your life. He's expanding your heart. He's making your testimony and your witness. And it's so powerful. It's more powerful than any preacher's message. There's a little poem I saw years ago. I don't know if I can get some of it, but it says, I walked, I walked a mile with pleasure. She chattered all the way. But I was none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow. Not a word, said she. But oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. See, that's when God is speaking to your heart. That's when God can get us exactly where we need to be. Sometimes when we can't do anything but just lift up our voices, say, help me, Jesus. I'm going to tell you, he's the one. He's the end of it all. And then I'll just close. There's other places too, but in Romans chapter 5, listen to these verses. I'm talking about the hope of glory. And hope maketh not ashamed. Verse 5, chapter 5 of Romans. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the ghost, Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. That is the hope of glory. Jesus died for you. I pray that even in the midst of our suffering, you know, James talks about even rejoicing that we can suffer for his sake. Counted a great privilege, even. May the Lord comfort and strengthen us all as we look for God's glory. Because it is suffering glory. It is. And God has given us this opportunity to see his glory. You know, Joseph went to prison in the Old Testament. He was lied about by Potiphar's wife. He ended up in prison. But I was reading this morning those verses in those various episodes. But God was with Joseph. 
Isn't that amazing? And you know what? Joseph, in the Old Testament, saw God's glory. He was looking for it because he saw God's goodness. And when he was brought to the power of the kingdom, second in command, Pharaoh in Egypt, and his brothers who, who talked about him and put him in prison and would have killed him, when they came and, and were embarrassed and, and, and ashamed and afraid, Joseph says, in Genesis 50, 20, he says, you meant it for evil, but, but God meant it for good. See, you start looking for God's glory, and you're going to see the goodness of God. You start looking for Jesus, you can see. I believe that we can see him in every situation. I do. May the Lord bless us and strengthen us. Would you bow with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the glory of knowing you as our Heavenly Father. And Lord, for giving us your spirit. And Lord, I, I don't know how to say that we appreciate you giving us your Son as our Savior. And, and that in that germ of that seed, for some reason, you, you brought us out of nature's darkness and you give us a seed that, that Jesus is the only one that can break that encasement that that seed could spring up and bring fruit. And, oh, Lord, help us now that encases our life, our spiritual life, with guilt and shame and failure and hurt and disappointment. Oh, Lord, may we trust you now as our Savior as never before to bring us up. Rise us up, oh, God, because we're looking for your glory. We want to magnify you. We don't want to magnify our name. I don't want this to be a good sermon. I don't want, I don't want the church to be bragged upon from program or not I, I pray that we can Lord just magnify you as our Lord and our Savior and glorify your holy name thank you Jesus for loving us so much in Jesus name I pray amen